Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Well, hello and welcome to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who've made interesting career changes. Now, one person who has really made some incredible changes very successfully in her career is Daniela Cavalletti, founder of Cavalletti Communications. Now, Daniela is the face, heart and soul of Cavalletti Communications and the exuberant ideas person on every client project. As an accomplished communications expert, copywriter, editor, and ghostwriter, she heads the international tribe of wordsmiths at Carvacom. With a global career spanning 25-odd years in corporate and small business as an English-German bilingual, Daniela has a deep understanding of both business and important cultural nuances. Her career took her from being a fixed income and equity operations analyst at Goldman Sachs in Frankfurt to Morgan Stanley in London in the 1990s to marketing manager at Hatchet Book Publishing and on to Sydney and International Marketing and Communications Manager at Pengana Capital and much, much more. Now, fast forward a few more years and Daniela is Cavaletti Communications. Now, she's been a bookworm since the tender age of three, and she feels lucky to have spent most of her life as a creative content and communications addict who makes words work and captivates people through the power of storytelling. Now, let's find out how Daniela made these amazing career changes. Thanks very much, Jane. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm delighted that you're here and I can't wait to find out how things started for you in your career. So how about to kick us off, tell us a little bit about your early days and what your career aspirations were and a little bit about your background too. Sure, I'd love to. As a young girl, I actually wanted to be a helicopter pilot. So I don't know, that unfortunately never happened. I grew up in Germany with an Italian dad. So I always had really that influence, uh, the, the creative influence, exuberant kind of side of me and then the very precise German side, I presume. So for me, really, it was always important to find a job and find a career that spoke to both of my sides, so the Italian and the German side. And it was really hard to find, I tell you. That's probably one of the reasons why I tried a few different careers. I mean, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs really spoke to my German side, you know, with the finance side and being really detailed. But very early on in my career, I found out that I needed sort of that balance. I was really getting into a situation where I was looking more into the marketing and communicating with people and being the hub around all the communication happened within my department. So I just really took the opportunities that came my way and I ended up where I am. 
How did you actually get into finance? Because in the 1990s, that would have been quite a very strong male-dominated area, especially in fixed income and equities. And then making that change from finance into marketing, how did you do that? Well, I can't claim that it was a plan. As you said, in the 90s, it was a very much a male-dominated area. But what also happened is I had studied in Germany, but had discovered England as part of my last year of study. I was studying in England and really loved it there. So I tried to find a way in the door. Unfortunately, the UK had the biggest slump in the employment market in, in the recent history. So it was not the most ideal time, I must admit. So I was knocking on all agency doors. And remember, that was before the internet. So it was a lot of like running around. So one agency one day said, look, we haven't got anything particularly in marketing for you. But how about investment banking at Goldman Sachs? And I was like, sure, that sounds fantastic. I didn't have a faint idea what they were talking about, however. So it just sounded great and like a really interesting role. So I went for the interview and they hired me to be part of the team that started their Frankfurt office. And here we are. How did you enjoy your work as a fixed income and equity operations analyst versus your marketing communications roles? Communications is a very important part of any role, I believe. And working at Morgan Stanley later on in London and before in Gold, at Goldman Sachs in the new issues areas, there's a lot of communication and very quick communication. You have to think on your feet because, you know, snap decisions are being made and you have to communicate with a lot of different people in different ways. So you speak very differently to the salesperson, you know, very short, you know, jargon, very short messages. To the back office, you would explain things in far more detail. So it's really important in, in the roles that I had as well to be a good communicator and to be able to have empathy and understanding of how people receive messages and understand messages. So I think communication has always really been part of what I do, not maybe in an obvious way, but it was always there. Actually, it's really interesting that you say in the back office, you needed to be a bit more detailed. If you're talking to a sales professional who really is go, 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 and you tend to get more A-type personalities yes. gravitate towards uh, sales-type roles, the communication style is very much like a sensor. And it's a bit like, okay, let's get on with it, not too much detail. Whereas if you're going to be talking to the analysts, of course, detail is what they're all about. But another interesting thing is because you went from Frankfurt to London, and then later on over to Sydney, <laughs> that cross countries and cross cultural understanding must be really strong in you as well. How did you find the challenge between going from a German environment to a British environment to an Australian environment? That's a really good question. Germany and England actually have a lot in common. One, on the surface, people are quite reserved, but as you get to know them, they're really warm people and uh, you have very close relationships. So it wasn't actually such a big change going from Germany to England. Coming to Australia, again, because it's an Anglo background and an English-speaking country, there wasn't such a big jump. Having said that, there are differences, of course, in the culture and how people communicate, but they're very subtle. And if you get the subtle things wrong, then you really stumble. It's not always the obvious things in communications that cause problems, but the small things that you get wrong. So, yes, at the beginning, there were a lot of things for me to learn. You know, I just love the, the Australian jargon of, you know, sunnies, eskies and, and all that kind of stuff. It's fun when you get yourself into the language because then you actually have an understanding really of the culture. So my big takeaway really has been get the subtle little details right in the language, then you will really understand the culture, get them wrong, 
and you really stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I know a lot of British English people who I speak with when they come over to Australia, they say how wonderful it is here because they say the Aussies are just so warm and open and casual and relaxed and just basically happy. Whereas, you know, in the UK, I guess it must be something to do with the weather. You know, if it's raining a lot, you do tend to be a little bit more miserable than you do tend <laughs> to talk about the rain and complain about it an awful lot. But now that you're in Sydney, you must be really enjoying it. What's the best thing about Sydney that you enjoy? Oh, goodness. That's a loaded question, isn't it? For me, I'm a very outdoorsy person. So I actually get around to most of my meetings in Sydney on my push bike or on my scooter. So I'm being very European here. So I love that it's possible to do that, even though it's still a you take your life into your own hands a little bit, but that's another subject. But it's just lovely to be able to, as you mentioned, so the weather enables us really to be more outside and it, it definitely lifts the mood to be able to, you know, engage more with the environment and not just be sort of cooped up like unfortunately often are where I come from in, in Germany, but also, you know, where I was living in England. Mm, I really enjoy the wonderful weather here. It's incredible. But now let's find out more about you and Cavaletti Communications. Tell me the story. How did Cavaletti Communications come about? Looking back, it's always easier to sort of the points where you started making decisions but weren't quite ready. I've always enjoyed working in groups in my previous jobs, but I felt, I think, as an employee that I didn't have the opportunity to push the ideas through or try out new things. I think the red tape was always necessary red tape often as well, was hindering me sort of in getting really excited and getting things done and trying things out. For me, really, the turning point was that I had an opportunity to start my own business when I came to the end, really, of a big project with my last employer, where we had worked through websites, content, structure, redesign, completely rebranding. It just felt like a good point in time to set out on my own. So I just did. And uh, I never looked back. Wow, just like that? How did you set up an entrepreneurial venture like that so successfully? Because Cavaletti Communications is going so well and you've got such a great team under you as well. So tell me about setting up your own business. What were the key challenges and what were the really exciting bits? Oh, look, there certainly were challenges. But I think if what I was mentioning beforehand was just really one day I just had the clarity this was the time. And trust me, there are many ups and downs and uh, frustrations and celebrations when you do that. So for me, really, it started off with the thought, what do I want the business to be? What do I want to deliver? Because I've been on the other side, you know, as a client. So what can we do better and how can we help people? So for me, I think it was the first thing that I want to have a team. Because as a freelance copywriter, there are many out there and, you know, that you have obviously limited knowledge and time, I didn't want to feel the pressure that I couldn't deliver to my clients when they needed me and what they needed. So the first thing really was for me to think of the structure and how I wanted to deliver that. And the early days were, you know, very hard, of course. You don't know what you're doing really. I'm lucky my husband is a small business coach. So, you know, I picked his brain when I could. So I set up my own website and taught myself WordPress, taught myself bookkeeping and all these things. At the beginning, you don't have the money to, you know, necessarily to employ people to do that and outsource that. In hindsight, you know, if I had tips for, for somebody else doing this, you know, take the jump and invest a little bit and ask for help. It's okay that you you know, can't or, you know, don't want to do everything yourself. So that was definitely the lesson that I learned. It was exciting to do everything. And at the beginning, you know, also, of course, you have the time because you haven't got 
clients coming out of your ears that uh, you actually have the time to tinker with your website. Those days, luckily and unfortunately as well, over because it's also fun doing that kind of creative work. Oh, I agree. I know I, I love tinkering with my website too. But how lucky are you that your husband is a small business coach? That's really helpful. <laughs> and certainly when you're building a business, you're doing everything yourself. So many entrepreneurs find that almost they get into overwhelm because there's so much. But it's great that you'll be able to build a team around you as your business grows. So what are all of the services that Cavaletti Communications provides? In a nutshell, we work with every written word in the business. That's a very short answer. The longer answer is we help our clients to really create content that gets noticed, that's authentic, and that's relevant because that really engages the reader and leads to new clients. So we do that by doing copywriting, which means creating content from scratch. We do editing, creating, we taking existing content and polish it, and we also do proofreading. And so that's because I have a team are we able to do that across marketing? So as you mentioned, websites, blogs, anything to do with marketing, brochures as well, of course, printed materials, yes. And then also business writing like tenders, workshops, presentations and sale pitches. But also, as you know, being an author yourself, business books, it's a great market and it's a great business tool. So really, you've got comprehensive services that you offer. You know, can I ask you, when it comes to content marketing, because that's your area of specialization, there's so much out there these days. And many, many people are are putting out an awful lot of content. What would be your recommendations on how to cut through all that noise and all the content that's generated out there so that your business can get noticed? There are a number of basics, I believe, that if you stick to them, you will cut through. First of all, not all content is for everybody. So I think clarity about who you want to attract, who your target market, your readership really is, is very important. And a lot of people actually forget about that or just go like, my clients. But who are your clients? Really be clear about who that person is. And also, as you said, there is a lot of stuff out there, but it's a lot of really bad stuff out there as well. And why is it bad? Because it might be too superficial. Don't be afraid to go into detail that everybody tries to maybe follow somebody else. And I believe that if you're really authentic, being yourself, and that might be quirks as well, and make yourself vulnerable. Don't be just, we are that company, but be a person because a person, people do business with people. So don't be afraid to actually show who you are, what your values are, what your beliefs are, what your struggles are. That really makes people engage with you and like you and trust you. So know your target market, be clear and authentic, and really give us what you know, not what you think other people want to know necessarily. So we can really get to know you. Mm, Valuable advice. Now, Daniela, where can people find you? Obviously, our website, that's cavacom.biz or cavalettycommunications.com, which is much longer and got too many double letters in it. So cavacom.biz. And also, of course, I'm on LinkedIn and we're on Facebook and also on Twitter. I'm going to put all of your links onto my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com. So anyone who wants to find out more about marketing and everything that you can do in order to help them build their business and market themselves effectively, they'll be able to find all of that. And so what I'd like to find out from you finally, Daniela, because I think I can really pick your brains on lots of different things. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, (laughs) if you're going to be an entrepreneur, what would your (laughs) top three tips for success be? Oh, 
patience, definitely, because things never move as fast as you would like them to. Then I think you also need to be able to ask for help because you won't be able to actually grow a business without the help of other people. And I think empathy, because you need to understand who your clients are, what they want, and really be able to listen, have conversations, not just actually with your clients, but also, you know, if and when you have staff. So in order to attract the right staff, you have to be clear about who you are, what you stand for, and what you expect, therefore, of the people who work with you and, you know, are part of your team. So those are the three things I think that are most important. Mm. I think that advice is, is so good because you've built up Cavaletti Communications so well. Patients ask for help and have empathy uh, for your clients. Now, if someone wants to get in contact with you, I believe you have a special offer for them, haven't you? Yes, look, we, most of us have a website. And if we don't, as a business, we should. So I thought it might be helpful for some of your listeners if I have a quick look at the website and assess where there might be some really easy fixes. So I'm offering a 20-minute free consultation to give you a comprehensive verbal assessment of the existing web content on your site. And yeah, so just give me a call and uh, send me an email and just quote JJ Content Offer. Fantastic, JJ Content Offer. And they'll get a... 20-minute free consultation on an assessment as to how effective their website is and potentially some mini recommendations as to how they can improve. That's correct. So there's some easy fixes that, you know, that your listeners probably can do themselves. They don't have to get in the experts. There's some little fixes they can attempt themselves. And yeah, if I can help them, that'd be lovely. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks so much, Daniela. And so for you, having come from Frankfurt to London to all the way over to Sydney, from working in finance and then marketing and now into entrepreneurship and helping other businesses grow too, I think I've been very lucky to be able to have a little chat with you today. And thanks for sharing <laughs> your expertise and your really very brave career journey too. Thanks very much, Jane. It was really a pleasure chatting to you. Okay. And we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. 
Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Programme is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.